0: It's really great to be here. Thank you for having us and um, what a special morning it is in the midst of turbulent times. It's good to be together, worship Jesus, be stirred in our spirits, be strengthened in the Lord, strengthen ourselves in our inner beings and um, uh, thank you for the welcome, Gary. Um, I know this is, um, I know some, some of you and others um, we don't know. I will not take time to talk too much about um the 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 tabar family of churches but um other than to say that we believe that's the irish word for spring or well in case you're not aware and we really feel like the lord is um uh, putting something in our hearts to see a number of new expressions of church planted all over the nation Uh, that's what we want to give our lives to see new wells and springs um springing up from the ground uh, centered on hope of jesus and what he can do in our lives and in our communities and uh, it's been brilliant so the journey with Gary and the leadership team here and increasingly the wider body over the last number of years and uh, we hope in the days ahead that we can expose you more and more to the wider family and uh, what God's doing amongst us. It's also a real honor to reconnect in the last few months with George and um, Phil will maybe say a little bit more about that but we've known George for many years, <clears throat> and um, uh, you know, have a lot of respect for him. And particularly when we were young in our own journey, um, it was great to connect with George. And um, and so it's a sheer joy, it's a sheer joy uh, in the spirit to see what the Lord is doing. Um, I can't help but feel uh, in the days in which we're living, amongst lots of stuff that's tough. I can't. I'm seeing the kindness of the Lord in the ways that he is giving us opportunities to do things together to knit our hearts and our spirits together there are things that are starting to come together that only God by his spirit could have orchestrated and I suppose one of the things that probably both Phil and I will want to kind of really emphasize today and remind you of and encourage you of that this is a thing of the spirit these are things of the spirit only the spirit could orchestrate things like this if you sat around board tables and tried to work them out in whiteboards you would just bang your heads it doesn't there's parts of it doesn't make sense right but the holy spirit in the, in the natural doesn't make sense but the holy spirit does things beyond what we could imagine and, uh, and so it's so refreshing to be here in a world where we're hearing more stories about churches splitting and not the greatest endings and leaders falling and all sorts of horrible things that are happening in the church of Jesus. It's really refreshing to be here this morning to watch people come together in a holy love and knit together for the sake of a bigger so, I've come to call these things that I'm seeing at the moment a kind of holy convergence, <laughs> the converging of lives and partnerships for the sake of the kingdom. It's like a strategic partnership um, for a kingdom allegiance and a kingdom alliance. And alliances and allegiances are really, really important throughout the Bible. Um, I'm not going to do a study on them today, other than to say that I, be- I believe this is one. And uh, <clears throat> And even though uh, in the public square today we see a lot of um, division and disagreement, disunity, gamesmanship, political maneuvering, it's wonderful to see in the church of Jesus the opposite spirit, yeah, of worship and humility and unity and converging for the sake of something over and above what we can achieve on our own for the glory of God. Uh, There's a relinquishment of control and power that happens in moments like this there's a submission of heart and a mutual affection of the heart that is a characteristic of jesus and it's beautiful to see and be part of that you see the bible shows us many times that when people no matter how ordinary they may seem or how um, they may be like the less likely heroes of the day when those kind of people surrender to the lordship of jesus and the moving of his holy spirit <laughs> It's amazing how the designs of heaven are released through those lives for the sake of God's kingdom, yeah? So I want you to think for a moment, it might be helpful for us today, I want you to think of Mary and Elizabeth, yeah? Two um, very, in, 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 in natural terms, two very um, normal, ordinary, if you like, women, and um, the Holy Spirit comes upon the both of them. Mary in particular, conceived something by the Holy Spirit, and they come into contact with one another, don't they? And their Holy Spirit kicks inside both of them, the babies that they're both carrying, something in their wombs. Not It, it wasn't a meeting of minds, it was a connection of the womb, yeah, that something kicked, something connected, yeah? And John the Baptist and Jesus' ministries would kind of overlap, and John would prepare the way for Jesus. You know, something happened in the womb, and something has happened in in the womb of both of these churches, and in the in the womb of this the the family that both churches represent here. And the Holy Spirit is kick, has kicked in the process. You know, you, it, it, if you were to sit down and kind of think about, list all the pros and cons. And I know we need to have those practical conversations, you know, that you you, you kind of just head a bit. It doesn't like add up like a math sum, but you just know in the conversation over a cup of coffee or when you get leaders together, you just know that something's kicking in the spirit. Something's happening in the spirit. About um, five, four years ago, we had a sense that the Lord had been Leading church in Lurgan for many years, and with a sense that the Lord was speaking to us about planting into the Portadown, this sort of sister town in the area of Craigavon, and uh, we'd thought about that for years, but we really felt it was time to do something about it. And so the Holy Holy Spirit um, started to put some stuff in our hearts, stuff in our dreams, and then we we realised um, as we started to pray this through that we'd had a long-standing relationship with the Vineyard Church in Portadown, that was called Upper Ban Vineyard, and the Holy Spirit. Chris and Debbie, who led that work, came to us. They'd actually wanted us to look at one of the buildings that they were thinking of using for their church to go into the next phase. And they asked us to come, because we have friendship and relationship with them, to come and pray for them, just as brothers and sisters in Christ across the town. And we went to pray for them in in the church. Phil, Phil went along initially to pray for them in a new building that they were thinking would be a church and when we started to share, share our dreams or pour down all of a sudden we realized the holy spirit was kicking in our spirits could we could we actually are we are we called to do something together <laughs> and um and so i was i was kind of leading that kind of process of taking some of our people to pour it down just a small group of 10 people or so and and we were praying and thinking about how we would do church for 10 or 12 people and, maybe grow up to 20 or so people that would come from poor down, and then all of a sudden we're talking to a church that's 50 or 60 adults and 40 kids and they would like to do it with us and you know some of the things the way I wanted to, to start off I knew that I wasn't going to be able to start off that way because leading 20 people is just different than leading 100. It's just a different dynamic and so things are going to have to shift and and change and 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 Chris said some things that really resonated and said some other things. I thought, well, I don't know if that's going to work. And so, But we committed ourselves to the journey. We committed ourselves to the relationship. We committed ourselves to one another. Oh, ultimately, we committed ourselves to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in a city, in a town. What is God doing in this town? How do we need to bend our ears to not lead? And this is crucial for you guys going forward. Not to lead out of memory, but to lead out of an imagination right? These are days where we have to not just lead out of memory, but lead out of the imagination of the Spirit. And that's what we um, have gone And Two and a half years later, I, um, we grafted together, and um, I would say I'm leading with, a, a, I've got existing friends from um, what we do in Lurgan, but I'm leading with people that I didn't know three years ago who are in my heart now. I mean, they're not just acquaintances, they're in my heart We've become soul friends on the journey to see God do something in the town of Portadown in the wider Kirk Avon area, yeah? And because, all because we just wanted to posture ourselves by the Spirit. And so what I want to say to you this morning in a few more, just for another five or 10 minutes before we pray to gather, and then Phil comes um, to lead us into communion and just to give us some words of exhortation. One of the most important things that I've learned through our journey. And one of the most important things I've learned over the last 10 or 15 years in my life and in a ministry is this. The question in the kingdom is not just what am I going to do? The question is often, who am I going to be with? Who are you going to be with? And that is such an undervalued question that we teach about sometimes. But partnerships in the designs of God to come on the earth are so, so important. Young people, it's just a little life lesson. Ask yourself, not just what are you going to do with your life, but who are you going to be with? Who are you going to be with? Who are you going to walk with? Who are you going to choose to bury your soul with? Who are you going to choose not to be with for the sake of growing in relationship with Jesus? And you, I think are making a holy spirit-led decision as churches this morning to who to be with to be with on to divine ends and uh, and the reason that that's such a vital question is it's who God is he is ultimately relationship it's not love is God by the way it's God is love because God defines love because he in himself is love a relationship of beings, a community of beings, so in love with one another, if you like, that they are one and all the mystery and beauty and wonder that the doctrine of the Trinity entails. But essentially, as a church, we are called to be an extension of the Trinity on the earth and their self-giving love that they have to one another. The Spirit wants to draw us into, so that we can be with Jesus where he is, which is in the bosom of the Father. That's an incredibly powerful thought. And then he wants that kind of love to overflow out of us in community, so that the world outside these walls can look in and go, how do you get in there? How do you be part of that? Something in my heart and soul is longing for that level of love, not just a gig on a Sunday, You're going to pool resources together, which is great. You're going to pool gifts together, which is great. You're hopefully going to be able to do things even better than you could when you were two individual churches, which is great. All those things are brilliant. But more than anything else, what God is calling you to be is a community of sacrificial love, of of deep, committed, self-giving love to one another. And uh, that's what I want to encourage you in. When God does relationship, God does family, that's who he is. And there's terms for the, the kind of there's terms for the kind of relationship God does. And the, the terms that God's relationship is and has is 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 defined in the word covenant. That's how our Bible split up a new covenant and an old covenant. And um, covenant I like to describe or borrowed from Scott McKnight, and he says this, a a covenant is a rugged commitment, a rugged commitment, right, first and foremost, it's a rugged commitment. Love, by the way, is not love island, all right, right, that's not love, right, so some of the words that we're using in our culture today, we need to deconstruct them because the world has stolen them and made them something what they're not, okay, and so love is a rugged commitment to be with someone, to be with someone, the principle of presence. Be with. You just, by the way, that means sometimes you just keep showing up. Just come and be with. Even the Sundays that you don't want to. Even the small group nights you don't want to. I'm not saying that in the kind of, I'm just saying sometimes you just, you just covenant means you just be with someone. Sometimes in a marriage, it's just not going great. You stick at it because... And, so, and sometimes you feel like you can't help each other the way that you really want to be able to help but you don't have the answers for. Just be with someone. A rugged commitment to be with someone, principle of presence, and for someone, for someone, that's a principle of advocacy, to be with them to cha- and for them, to champion them, to speak well of them, to want their gain and honor more than yours. Yeah, that's yeah, on to divine ends. A rugged commitment to be with someone and for someone on to divine ends for the glory of God, for divine purposes. And it's that kind of love that God wants to glue this new chapter of your journey together in. This is a reminder of how God makes covenant with us. This is the kind of relationship I have with you. This is the, the length of my relationship with you that I will be with you and for you onto my purposes. And I want you to know that love so that the love as a community that you have will overflow into the streets. That's what he's always wanted for his people. That's where he made covenant with a people in in the Old Testament called the children of Israel. And he said, I want you to be a holy nation. I want you to love me. And I want this love to be reflected in how you love one another. That's the kind of love that God has for us. And God ultimately displays this covenantal love for us when he goes to the cross. Even when all his other people that he tried to enter into enter into covenant with, when they broke the terms of the covenant, God says, I, will, I, I, I can only be faithful to my word, so I will keep covenant with you, and I will lay down my life. I'll send my son Jesus. who will shed his own blood to be a new covenant for you, so that what you couldn't do for yourself, I'm going to do for you. And the free gift of grace is here for us this morning to receive afresh, to step into what Jesus has done for us, to receive his love and his forgiveness. If We choose to die to our own self, our own independent ways of living in order that we can embody the love of Christ which looks like something, and that's where we're getting to as I close this off this morning before we pray together. The love looks like something. Aren't you glad that God's love looked like something? Aren't you glad that God didn't stay up in heavens and shout down through the prophets, here, by the way down there, I love you all. Do your best to love each other. Aren't you glad God didn't leave it like that? Aren't you glad that actions speak louder for God than words? Aren't you glad that the word actually became flesh, that God comes down love looks like something right and so all the philosophers and all the intellectuals of the world and all the all the kind of stuff that you hear on your tv today about love being whatever people want love to be god says love looks like this love looks like a cross love looks like laying down your life and then here's the challenge this morning he asks us to follow him into death in order that we might experience his resurrection life and love one another like he loves. Someone put it like this, the kind of love which sustains Christian community is agape, radical, other-referenced, non-self-centered mode of being revealed most profoundly in God as cruciform love. And so my encouragement to you this morning is love one another. The Apostle John, who was the last living Apostle, to the last one that saw and touched and felt and heard Jesus. The one who took the mother of Jesus into his home and heard the stories of what he was like, who Jesus was like. And apparently when he was pretty much crippled, they reckon he was living in and around Ephesus at that time. And they would have brought out, I was going to say wheeled out, but I don't know if they had wheels but they brought him out carried him out sat him down can you imagine if the apostle john was there, brought him out the last living the last one that saw jesus and they brought him out and said tell us preach this, john preach this, john tell us tell us what he was like and he tradition tells us that he said something like this I've got one thing to say to you love one another love one another cuz if if you do this, this is enough. And so I really want to encourage you to love one another. Because this is a thing of the Spirit. And you're stepping over a threshold that calls you, even though you don't know how this is all going to work out. What about Mary when she conceives something of the Spirit? How would that feel? Mary angel to show up and say, you're going to carry the Son of God you're going to give birth to him. And she says this. What does she say? Be it unto me according to your word. I think that's all. That's what the Lord's asking you of you this morning. Just do you want to do you want to stand together as a people? Enter into covenant together. Ask for the grace of God to help you to love one another. to divine purposes, to the transformation of this town, city, nation. With the good news of the kingdom of God, and just say, God, be it, be it on to us, whatever you want to do. When God gets a people like that, that can say yes. And you know what? It's not probably going to be the big fundamental doctrines. It's going to be the challenge. When we started, we have a tradition in Lurgan because we have two services back to back that we do tea and toast in between the services. Right? It's a big moment. For forty-five minutes, the place goes berserk right? Everybody moves out of church. It's like a military operation out in the foyer. There's Nutella and jam, and then there's like a big toaster, and it all works like clockwork now, although sometimes the kids lick their nails and put them back into the... Anyway, right? <laughs> Coronavirus around, we just had... There's no tea and toast this morning, okay? You can imagine, right? When we started the plant in the Port of Iron, the way the vineyard guys who grafted into us, where well, way they did their hospitality, they didn't do tea and toast, they had, they had another way of doing their hospitality. And it was great. Tea and coffee, buns, right? And things like that, right? you, you know the way, because we're people and we're slightly fickle, do you know like some of the things that we like had to chat through were not like what we believed about the Holy Spirit? They were like, how are we going to do tea and toast? Like we can't do church without tea and toast, yeah? We can't, you know? And so it's those wee things and here's the thing, the enemy loves nothing more for wee things to become big things. So we really want to challenge you and exhort you as, as a church family, like, kick the small things out the window, right? Like, let's be mature people that have mature conversations. There's going to be little glitches. Have mature conversations. Come and sit before the leadership. Do it biblically, which is to come and have a coffee and sit and just say, here's where I'm at, here's what I'm struggling with. Will you help me? Ask curious questions rather than making dogmatic statements and opinions. I don't know about you, but even with this, this thing, and I know everyone's worried, there's just so many opinions. I just like, can I get to somebody who just actually knows what they're talking about to tell me? What, you know, do you know what I mean? It's like, there's just so many opinions today. And opinions aren't bad. Everyone's entitled to them. But as believers, as a follower of Jesus, we're exhorted to outdo one another and show an honor. So, if you want to have any competition going forward, the competition is who can show the most honour, <laughs> who can show the most selfless love, yeah, and that's what the Holy Spirit is inviting us into. And I want to encourage you to count the cost of that, because there is a cost. And I just want to say, out of the for whatever it's worth, but as somebody looking on at the at the at the journey, not just the journey church, but the journey of the journey and LCF. Well done well done this is a beautiful thing i'm sure it hasn't always been but well done the delight of the father is upon you and the movement of the spirit is here and so what i'm going to encourage you to do with that said there's going to be a prayer on the screen which we're going to say together let me read it through once and then um i'm going to invite you to stand so let me read it through slowly first And um, if you feel that you'd like to say this as well, I would love to invite you to stand and we're going to say it together. Before God and in obedience to him, we join these two churches together as we make the following commitment together. We give ourselves afresh this day to the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave his life for us and whose servants we are. We offer our lives to him in his service and for the sake of his kingdom. We promise to promote unity within this body To speak well of each other, to serve each other, to love and have compassion, to honor and be devoted to each other. To build one another up, forgive and pray for one another, and to seek to live in harmony. We promise to pray for and respect those God has set as leaders over us, to encourage them and follow them as they oversee the flock. We ask God for his grace to confront this unity, jealousy or a competitive spirit. We refuse to engage in gossip, but pursue unity, maturity, purity, and peace. We offer each other hands of friendship, hearts of love, and the crown of loyalty. When you say this prayer together, what, what it's not, it's, it's not some legalistic thing that we're putting on one another. This is an act of grace, and it's a decision of the heart. Okay? So we step into this in grace, knowing that we'll probably all at times um not necessarily live up to it but we thank god that in his grace in those moments we receive his forgiveness to be changed and transformed and to aspire to want to be like him in this yeah and so we do it with grace but we do it with a love looks like something it's a decision of the heart right there's no secret handshakes coming there's no um there's no you know there's nothing weird about this right it's just a decision of the heart Say, God, I'm, I'm all in with your doing and I want me and my family, the roots of our lives to be planted in the soil of this gospeling community as the family of God. That's what we're asking you to do if you'd like to this, this morning. So would you stand with me if you'd like to say this? We're going to say this together and then I'm going to pray for George and for Sammy. So I always feel you need a wee, we you need a count in with these things, all right? So, so uh, after three, let's say this together. One, two, three. Before God and in obedience to him, we join these two churches together as we make the following commitment together. We give ourselves afresh this day to our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave his life for us and whose servants we are. We offer our lives to him in his service and for the sake of his kingdom. We promise to promote unity within this body, to speak well of each other, to serve each other, to love and have compassion, to honour and be devoted to each other, build one another up, forgive and pray for one another and seek to live in harmony. We promise to pray for and respect those God has set as leaders over us to encourage them and follow them as they oversee the flock. We ask God for his grace to confront this unity, jealousy for a competitive spirit. We will refuse to engage in gossip, but pursue maturity, purity and peace we offer each other hands of friendship, hearts of love, and a crown of loyalty. Amen. 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 Now I'm going to ask uh, Sammy and, and George to come. We have, um, if you're not aware, we have two um, sticks here, um, which have the name of the journey and the name of um, Lisbon Christian Fellowship on them. And uh, there's a passage that um, the guys had been praying about and Centering some of their thoughts around, and it's Ezekiel chapter 37. Just a couple of verses. Let me read this. The word of the Lord came to me. This is Ezekiel in chapter 37. Son of man, take a stick of wood and write on it belonging to Judah. So we're just saying belonging to the journey and the Israelites associated with them. Then take another stick of wood and write on it belonging to Joseph. Right? So another one of the tribes and all the Israelites associated with them. So a stick from the journey and a stick from Lisbon Christian Fellowship. Join them together into one stick so that they may become one in your hand. Isn't that a beautiful phrase? One, so they may become one in your hand. When your people ask you, won't you tell us what what you mean by this? Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I'm going to take the stick of Joseph, which is in Ephraim's hand, and of the Israelite tribes associated with them, and join it to Judah's stick, I will make them into a single stick of wood and they will become one in my hand. So I'm going to join these sticks together and I'm going to ask Sammy and George just to stay here. Still reminded me, it's clockwise on, it's clockwise. And as maybe george and sammy would hold these and um and maybe phil would come and if any of the uh, other previous leaders want to just even come and stand and lay hands um, and when if you're here today why don't you even just stretch out your hand is that if you're comfortable with that and let's just pray the blessing of of the yes. lord just come holy spirit come holy spirit holy spirit we thank you that you're here Thank you that we can sense and know your presence. And God, in these moments, we just want to honor the leading of your spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your church, that you are the chief cornerstone and its foundations are laid by the apostles and prophets. And we honor and acknowledge that you, Jesus, are the head of this church. And we honor the apostolic and prophetic leadings of Lord this new chapter and we just want to declare in this place that you have joined Lord these two bits of stick which represent Lord these two churches these two families and they are becoming one in your hand O oh God and God we thank you for the beauty of that and so now I ask Holy Spirit supernaturally that you would knit your people together in sacrificial, holy, Jesus-looking love, oh God. We pray, oh God, that you would unite them in the Spirit. We pray a supernatural, oh God, release of your presence and power into this new season. We pray fresh grace, oh God, for this new season. We pray that you would do what only you can do. And so, God, we say, come and have your way. Come and move, Holy Spirit, in these days. And Lord, we speak to the city of Lisburn even in these moments. And prophetically we say, lift up your heads, O you gates. And be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Let the King of glory come in. And so we open wide the doors of our hearts today. We thank you for the delight of the Father. We thank you, Jesus, that you are the head of your church. And we pray a blessing upon your people in the days ahead. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Why don't we give a round of applause and honor the Lord.
1: He didn't. Oh. oh, that wasn't me. That was them, boys. almost took <laughs> Great. Um, very quickly, don't panic, panicking, to know we've got kids and all in, but just a couple of remarks to make. It's just lovely to be here this morning. Lovely to be part of this. I've known George a long time. I've known George when I had her, and his was a different colour. Um, and uh, we we. We used to meet back in the day, back 20 years ago. Now we were just chatting this morning with Paul Reid and Stevie Smith from um, Newton Arts CFC, and have conversations and breakfasts and cups of coffee around um, what it would look like coming together and doing stuff together. And, um, and, and it's, it's lovely to get to know Gary over the last couple of years as well. But George, I just want to say, I want to say to you, after 35 years of doing this, well done. Well done, he needs a word. Well done. And you know, um, I'm a little bit younger than him, but getting older isn't the easiest thing at times, and so it's really important. And I'm sure there are loads of questions, you know, and some people might be a little skeptical, You know, if you are skeptical, come and speak to the leaders. If you're cynical, go and speak to God, um, because there's a difference. Um, So if you are skeptical and have questions, come and ask. Um, But I think there's something about God is doing something in this day. And it's lovely, as Al says, in a day we we see churches parting. And and you know that they they reckon that it's less than 2% of churches actually divide over doctrine. They usually split over personalities and over the little things that I talked about. so it's really important. And so the fact that you're still here, you're breathing, where um, God's doing something in your midst and as you look to the years ahead, as I'm sure you're doing, looking to five or ten years ahead, I want to just read a passage of Scripture in Luke 5. If you've got a Bible. you can turn to it, Luke chapter 5 verse 33 to 39. I want to read make three comments about it and then we'll go to a break and a bread, all right? Um, Luke 5, 33. Um, they said to him, this is to Jesus, John's disciples often fast and pray. This is Luke 5, John's disciples often fast and pray, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees, but yours go on eating and drinking. Jesus answered, Can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them in those days, then they will fast. He told them this parable, No one tears a piece out of a new garment to patch an old one. Otherwise they will have torn the new garment, and the patch from the new will not match the old. No one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise the new wine will burst the skins, and the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No new wine must be poured into new wine, sk- wine skins, and no one, after drinking old wine, wants the new, for they say the old is better. I want you to grab this truth as we bring our service to a conclusion this morning, and the truth that I, I think everybody has been saying this morning, from Gary's introduction, is that God wants to do a new thing. God always wants to do a new thing. Even at the end of life, God wants to do a new thing. I have a son who lives in London, and um, I was over visiting him last year, and we were going up one of those big escalators up out of the, the depths of the London underground, and there was an elderly man in front of me. He had a little briefcase, and he seemed quite nervous on the escalator, and as we got up near the top, my son and I were chatting away, and I don't know how this happened or what happened, but he he started to renege when he got to the end of the, up to the top of the escalator, and he stepped back, and he fell. And I, this is true, Bill, honestly, it was like, honestly, I think it was a wee heavenly thing. I caught him like you'd catch a baby. I caught this little man just like this, boom. It was better than that. It was better. He was all looking at me. But I, I caught him, and, I, and I, sort of, I sort of kept my ground, went on up the next two or three steps, got up off, and set him on his feet, and off he went about his business, and um, he thanked me uh, for saving his life, and, uh, and, and we began to, I began to think about this, I've had a couple of little instances in my life that people actually don't do endings well, but in the kingdom there are no endings, in the kingdom there's only beginnings, even when our life is ending, it's just beginning. So God always wants to do a new thing. Even when the end of our life comes, God wants to do a new thing. And I think this is really, really good. And so I want to challenge us all, challenge us all this morning, because as we do this new thing, we need to devise some ideas about how to do it. And first thing in the the passage, if you look at the text, you can see in your Bible, actually, the introduction to the text is Jesus calls his first disciples... And 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 so they're asking why why do the Pharisees why do they fast and why do John's disciples fast and why do your disciples not fast? Now the the idea of fasting is to get closer to God. That's why you fast. You fast to get closer to God. And Jesus, I love his answer. He's saying, uh, in case you hadn't noticed, I'm here. I'm here. You don't need to sacrifice at this minute to get close to me. You just need to show up, I'm here. And he uses the analogy of a wedding. He says that you don't come to a wedding and fast, you come to a wedding and celebrate. And here's the problem. They didn't see the new thing right in front of them. They didn't see the new thing right in front of them. God was doing a new thing. It was right there. But they were in an old mindset, an old religious mindset. And so they tell us that the Pharisees, and they, they fasted twice a week. They fasted on a Tuesday and a Thursday. So they're thinking, surely if God's going to do something, he's going to do it on a Tuesday or a Thursday. He's going to do it in our little mindset. And so here's the thing. There's no point of looking God to do a new thing if you're not willing to see him in a new way. No point of looking God to do a new thing if you're not willing to see him in a new way. And here these people, their commitment to religion had eclipsed their ability to see their invitation to relationship. They were so busy looking for the strategy of stuff, they missed the relationship that was right in front of them. They were so consumed with their system, they missed their savior. And so, and he was right there in front of them. And the internet is full of companies in our generation that failed the innovation test. Like, put your hand up, put your hand up if you ever owned a Nokia phone. Put your hand up if you ever owned a Nokia phone. All right, put your hand down, all right? Put your hand up if if you've still got a Nokia phone. (laughs) One person same in our church we have one person in our church with a Nokia phone Mark Emerson name and shame and and, uh, but but when you look at all of these companies like Blackberry Kodak Toys R Us Blockbuster which is like the American version of our extra vision in its peak had 90,000 employees 6,000 stores they were making when you hear this they were making 6 billion profit a year 800 million of that profit was coming from late fees. Remember how you used to get charged if you didn't leave your video back in time? And then you get charged if you didn't rewind it? <laughs> Not that long ago. And in 2000, in 2000, a little small firm called Netflix approached them and said, we'll buy you out for 50 million. And they laughed them out of the room. Problem was, there was something happening in front of their eyes and they were so stuck in an old mindset. I love this. Someone noted that the problem was that they thought they were in the video business instead of the home entertainment business. And when I read that, I thought, wow, they had the wrong identity. And if you don't have the right identity, you will never have the right mission. If you don't have the right identity, you will never have the right mission. And you get that one wrong, you get it all wrong. And God's doing a new thing in here this morning. It's lovely to be here. God's doing a new thing, and yes, will it have teething problems? I'm sure it will. It's life, and people are involved, and of course it will, but you know, God's doing a new thing, and, and the startling thing about that is you could miss it. You need eyes to see it. I hope you've got eyes to see it this morning. Secondly, second little point, and uh, I'll just do the next two very quickly, is spiritual alignment. You need eyes to see You need spiritual alignment. I love Isaiah 43, 18. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. It springs forth speedily. Do you not perceive it? Do you not perceive it? There are indicators. There are indicators to what's happening today. The problem is we don't usually catch them in the flesh. And if we're not walking in the spirit, then we we miss the spiritual alignment we need eyes to see. We need that spiritual alignment to know what God's doing. And thirdly, we just need to get rid of some old stuff. We get, need to get rid of those. If Paul were here, he would say it like this. He would say, leave those things which are behind and strain forward to the things which lie ahead. There's so much for you, so much for you in this city together, so much for you as churches together. I just think it's so exciting and 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 kingdom does seem to move at the speed of relationship. There's no doubt about that. Kingdom does seem to move at the speed of relationship. I'll tell you a story and then we'll go to communion. Um, I like films. Uh, I like movies. I'm a bit of a I like um, I like action movies, but I like romantic movies. I'm a bit of a romantic and stuff like that. I like good stories. I like biographies and stuff like that, autobiographies. But um, one of the old movies that was a bit silly, maybe, was this, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Anybody remember it? The Secret Life of... It was made actually, in 1937. The original guy was Danny Kaye. George will remember that. None of the rest of you probably will. But um, it was rem... <laughs> sorry, George. Um, Um, It was remade then in 2013 with Ben Stiller, and um, it's a sort of a mythical short story written by a guy called James Thurber, and and Walter Mitty is this sort of shy guy. Now, okay, it was remade, and I'm going to rack the movie for you, but you've had seven years to watch it, so, so Walter Mitty is this shy guy who worked in the same sort of mediocre job for all of his life, often zones out and starts daydreaming about amazing thing happening to him. He he daydreams about being a surgeon, about sailing a ship in a storm, but they're only ever daydreams. And then he signs up to a dating site because there's a girl at work that he fancies and um, he, he likes her. And, and when it comes to the bit on the profile of hobbies and experiences, he's nothing to write. And he's a bit Sad about this, he has nothing to write under hobbies or experiences. Now what happens in the movie, an important photo goes missing at work and his job's on the line and, and, he, goes and journey, he goes on a journey in search of the photographer because he feels he's been set up, blah, blah, blah. And instead of, of on this journey, what happens, he's sort of this spiritual life-changing experience that causes him to dig really deep within himself and, and live all the moments that he's ever only ever dreamt about. And so he travels to Iceland and to Greenland and the Himalayas, which include all of these life-threatening experiences, and his profile actually begins to write itself. Interesting, isn't it? And all the fads and daydreams disappear. And, and, And the thing about the most valuable lesson within this story is that all your visions can become a reality if you just have the courage to pursue them. And I think this this morning, while it's a beautiful act, it's a courageous act. It's a courageous act because there are loads of things that actually might say this wouldn't work. There are loads of things that said, no, it can't work. But this is an act of courage. And and when you start to pursue dreams, when you start, there's a great line in the movie, very simple. I love the line. It says, it's no good just daydreaming about what could happen. We need to take the first step and actually pursue what we want to happen. And, and I think this is what's happening today. There's something about moving into, moving into this thing together. And what a beautiful way to seal it off by remembering the Lord, because that's what it's all about. We don't, we don't form around a task. We form around a person. And that person is the person of Christ. That person is the person of the Holy Spirit. That is God himself, God, this triune God. And so as we come to communion this morning, the apostle Paul wrote about it in First Corinthians 11. This is what he said. He said, what the Lord has given to me, I now pass on to you. And he says on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it and he blessed it. He took a cup. And he said, this is the New Testament of my blood that is given for you. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, he said, you show forth my death till I come again. Something very powerful in this. In this moment, we look back. We, we proclaim the Lord's death. I think it's verse 26 tells us that. We look back. We proclaim the Lord's death, First Corinthians 11. And then we look within. We It says, let a man or a woman examine themselves. I love this here. It says before you come, a process of self-examination is really important. It doesn't say that that a man examine himself and then not come. It says let a person examine themselves, and if there's something there, we need to deal with it, and then come. We look back, we look within, we look around. If we were to turn back one chapter into 1 Corinthians 10:17, we would see that we're one body coming together, and so as you come together, two churches uniting today, becoming one body, this is so beautiful, and of course, we do it, as verse 26 reminds us, until he comes, we look ahead. Beautiful, isn't it? Looking back, looking within, looking around, looking ahead to his soon coming, and as we do it, we do it once more, but we actually do it once less, I say in our church all the time that um, we do this as a, as a bit like a photograph. If ever a loved one has been on a, a journey, my daughter uh, did a year out many, many years ago, and we had a photograph that she was in Philadelphia, and we had the time, that, the, the, her, her time, because her time was different than ours, and we had a photograph sitting above the clock on her time that we could pray for her in her time. I haven't a clue where that photograph or that clock is now because she's home. When she came home, I didn't need the photo. It was very, very precious when she was there, but when she came home, I I didn't need the photo, and I didn't need the clock. one of these days, while this is, a sometimes we we call it a symbol or an ordinance or an emblem, and it's all of those, but it's, it's, it's a very powerful thing that reminds us of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so as we do it today... We do it once more. We do it once less. One of these Sunday mornings, we'll not need those because we'll have himself. So Father, I pray right now that you would lead us as we commune together. We thank you that um, you've given us eyes to see. May that be our truth this morning. Father, you've given us a spiritual alignment into what you want to do. And Lord, help us to rid ourselves of just some old stuff that wouldn't do any of us any harm just to to clear the decks a little bit and understand that we're a people that are made for the presence of God, that we came from the presence, from Eden. And Lord, the the working out with the cross and everything else is to bring it back from glory to glory, a people from the presence to the presence. And so God, I pray that as we handle these emblems this morning, Lord, that we'll see them with a fresh and new eyes, that we'll see the fact, oh God, as we take this little piece of bread, Remind ourselves that Jesus' body was bruised and broken as we take this cup and remind ourselves, O oh God, of the blood that was shed for our redemption. We just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your uh, love for us and for your dedication to see us one and redeemed and brought home in Jesus' name. Amen.